If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I love you 3000. I love you 3000. Oh. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast. I'm Lauren and today is going to be marvelous. See what I did there? It was really low key, but hopefully you caught that. <laughs> and I'm Julie and we are so excited to dish and spill the tea with you today. I really want to hand it to you. Your puns are, dare I say, visionary. (laughs) In case you couldn't quite figure it out from our clever, terrible puns, today we are talking about WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we'll get into Loki a little bit, but not a whole lot. So I'm really excited and super proud of us because this is our 10th episode. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yay us. Hell yes, yay us. Yeah, we've, I mean, it's been a lot of work ever since kind of getting on the Believe Podcast Network. We have to crank out an episode once a week. We've been on another podcast. We've been on Zero Dark Nerdy's podcast. We just Which was did, so much fun. It was super fun. We, I'm not gonna, we wiped the floor with them in that game. We played, we played this new game called Not My Cup of Tea, where we like read movie quotes and had to guess. And we won. Just saying, but it was a privilege to be on their show. We look forward to more episodes with them. Yes. I had so much fun and I love Brian and Ryan. They don't realize that they are now our like new best friends. Right. But we love them. We do. And we we want to be friends because they're They're just fun fun. brothers that we're, we feel very fortunate to have on our side. (laughs) Yeah. They, they're so fun. So yeah, that was super fun. You know, we're doing stuff 10th episode in and Kicking ass, taking names. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe my ass is being kicked by all of this, but <laughs> it's um, it's a lot of work, but it's very rewarding. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of work, but I think, you know, things, you know, anything worth doing is is a lot of hard work. You know, mm-hmm. it takes time and dedication and lots of lots of show and movie watching. Exactly. Um, I have been watching so much Marvel because really have. <laughs> I watched these as they kind of came out and then didn't really watch them again. So like when Captain America came out, I watched that in 2011. Did I remember that Bucky was someone who like, I did not remember his face, remember that he was important and uh, had to rewatch that. And I'm like, okay, I got to start from the beginning and I got to rewatch. And so I've kind of been on that journey because I'm like, I need to do this justice. And I didn't really realize that there was an order. Okay. That being said, did you get any characters confused at all? Because I did have a coworker 
who asked me what she should watch. She was out sick for a couple of weeks and she asked what I, or what she should watch while she's out sick. And I said, Oh, do a Marvel marathon. That way I can keep you updated on WandaVision. That way, you know, I can keep you posted. She binged it hard. All the movies, all the movies. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's what I'm in the process doing. doing Right. Then she called me and was like, okay, I'm not going to lie to you. When I first watched the movies, I did not watch them in order. Like as they were coming out, she just jumped to end game, did and, you know, did civil war. And so she was piecing things together. <laughs> and then she asked me, and I love her dearly. This is one of my favorite coworkers who gave me permission to talk about this because I judged her so hard in my nerdy, non-judgy way. <laughs> but uh, she was like, so when did Hawkeye become part of the Cree? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, I was today years old when I realized Jeremy Renner was not Jude Law. <laughs> oh, man. And That's I was funny. like, what do you mean? And she was just like, you know, he, they just look alike. And I was like, they do not. <laughs> what are you talking about? That is about? so funny. Yeah, totally, totally different. Yeah, she was trying to figure out how Hawkeye's character transitioned into Jude Law's villain character in Captain Marvel. And I was like, like, I just can't make this connection. Yeah, she's like, explain this to me. And I was just like, how do you get hot Dumbledore and Hawkeye confused? Yeah, I mean, I saw Jeremy Renner in whatever that Ben Affleck movie was in Boston. And even though he doesn't speak with a Bostonian accent, I still only hear that. So that's like how I knew I would have never confused him. Also because the holiday. Yes. Jude Law. Hello, heartthrob. Jude Law has been in so many amazing movies as a heartthrob. And then you put him in my Potterverse as hot Dumbledore. Yeah. Oh, that three piece suit. That's. Mm -hmm. Mm, solid win for the wizarding world. Just saying. Yes. yes. Solid win. I had That's to connect hilarious. the dots for her. And when she told me that, I mean, I just remember like being in the shower after that conversation being like, how do you get hot Dumbledore confused with Hawkeye? I'm not following. And then, <laughs> and then she watched everything in order and now we get to laugh about it. But shout out to my coworker for, for making me take a step back and understanding why you should watch movies in certain orders. (laughs) Yes. So that's what I'm doing. And then, okay. So there are a lot of Marvel movies coming out. There are. And Black Widow is coming out the soonest. So that is July 9th of 2021. Her storyline takes place after Civil War Mm -hmm. and before Infinity War. Okay. So this is where we're going to see a lot of closure. And that's, I think after her movie comes out, Endgame will have a bigger and deeper meaning to her storyline that allows a lot more closure. I'm always, I wonder if it's just like a studio thing. It's hard to keep track of things because things are done out of order. You know, it's like watch them in this order, even though they didn't come out in order. So I feel like I was kind of like set up to be confused a lot of the time because I'm like, I know I've seen this, but this didn't come out until... Mm, 10 years after that, like when I was watching Captain America and then Captain Marvel comes out, but I think I had, you know, I'd seen Iron Man and all that stuff when it came out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh wait, there's this. So now I can understand because in Avengers, they just have the Tesseract. Where does this come from? Oh, okay. Captain Marvel, there's that. And the whole thing. Shang-Chi, which comes out September 3rd is essentially the origin story 
of the group that kidnapped Tony Stark in the first Iron Man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. The 10 Rings is the group that kidnapped Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. Okay. So so, wasn't that, was that in Afghanistan where that was? was. In the cave? Okay. Yes. So Obi hired this third party group to kidnap I don't know who Obi is. Uh, Jeff Bridges' character in the first Iron Man. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. He hired this group to kidnap Tony Stark, but he made a point of staging it in Afghanistan to get the viewers to think it was something Middle East related. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. So, but Um, the, the origin story takes place in China and it's Shang Chi's story plus the origin story or plus the how the origin story affects him. I'm excited for this movie because the rings and like how they work. I was watching the trailer. I'm like, this is so cool. Yeah. And I think it's going to make, I mean, with the information that I just gave you about how this, this group kidnapped Tony Stark in the first origin movie, I don't think they're a hundred percent bad. I think they were, these 10 rings were used with ill intentions. And I think in the right hands, like Shang-Chi, they can do a lot of good. Yeah. Like with Captain America, his shield, Mm -hmm. you know, absolutely. Or like making somebody a super soldier, like it could either make things good or bad. I mean, power in the right hands is good. Power in the wrong hands. Not so great. Yeah. Um, Okay. So next, I'm very excited about this. The Eternals, mostly because I love Richard Madden and also Kit Harington. They're going to reunite and they're going to both be in this movie. And I love them so very much. They're yes. super cute. But um, yeah, and it kind of looks a little bit more like whimsical and romantic. And, you know, I do love that. There's a lot. There is a romantic storyline, but the idea behind them is that they came to Earth as immortal humans and stayed. Yeah. For like 7,000 years or something, they've been there. Exactly. They made an an agreement with uh, the Greek gods that they would not interfere with human, you know, human wars, anything along that line, because it's not their business. We'll dive more into their storyline later on in the show when we talk about Loki. Next we have coming up is Spider-Man, which comes out December 17th. So this is Spider-Man No Way Home. And this is where we... What is rumored to happen is we get all the Spideys together. So we're talking Tobey Maguire. We're talking Andrew Garfield. We're talking Miles Morales and Tom Holland. How could they do that? Is this like alternate universe? Multiverse. Yeah. Multi Spideys. Yes. You really so, think so? Is that why they made that cartoon, the, the multi Spideyverse? Mm-hmm. To let you know that this is what's coming. So this is what's rumored as far as casting goes. Oh On top of gosh. Doc Oct. Yeah. So, and what else is rumored is Charlie Cox is supposed to reprise his role as Daredevil. What? Yeah, dude, I told you, I got all the spoilers right now. You're going to learn today. That's crazy. Also, we have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Magic. I'm so excited for this. Now, this comes out March 25th of 2022. I'm curious, where is this place? Is this... Are they now doing things in order or are these done out of order? Because obviously Black Widow is not in order, but like is Shang-Chi, Eternals, 
Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange, is this in order or is this not in order? I think if Spider-Man is supposed to go the way that it's rumored to, shedding light on multiverses, to jump into Doctor Strange, um, and the title is... Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Magic. Exactly. Or yeah, Madness. So it's- I think they're segueing everybody's mindset of understanding different multiverses, which also, same with Eternals. Yeah. So I think, and or Loki, but I won't, I won't spoil that one for you. So here we go. I I am so excited for Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange is going to have so much more storyline than the first one. And the first one was great, severely underrated. I thought the marketing wasn't enough for Dr. Strange. And then when I went in and saw it, I was just like, where was this? I feel like Benedict Cumberbatch makes such a good Doctor Strange, like riding on the heels of like Sherlock. Mm -hmm. Did you see him in Sherlock? And he was very strange. So he plays that (laughs) kind of character, like, you know, just kind of eccentric, a little bit arrogant, but like smart and quirky. He plays that so well. And he plays a brilliant doctor. Yeah. I was very surprised at how much he nailed the arrogant doctor role. Yeah, he kind of was given off some like house vibes, you know, that show house. He definitely gave off some of those vibes. He nailed that. And then Rachel McAdams was in the first one. She's supposed to be in the second one as well. So I'm I'm really excited to see where they take his story. Yeah. Okay. And then next we have Thor, Love and Thunder. This comes out May 6th, 2022. What is the uh, premise of this movie? Is this a backstory? No. No, it's honestly, I think it's so severely under wraps. Let me look. Oh, we don't know. Yeah. Because in the picture, it looks like he's wearing some like cut off, like, you know, tank top, kind of like this 80s vibe. Um, Is this like after he stops being depressed and like after the blip and everybody (laughs) comes back and he's like, okay, time to work out again. And I think they've just stressed, like, even when I look it up on IMDb, the sequel to Thor Ragnarok and the fourth movie in the Thor saga. So this is heavily under wraps. Okay. So they are Um, just... It is my understanding, though, that Natalie Portman is in this movie and she is supposed to take over for Thor. She's supposed to be the female Thor. But she's human. Yes. You know how um, Thor's hammer can only Mm -hmm. be lifted by those who are worthy? Okay. I mean, I'm just saying Natalie Portman seems more than worthy to me. If you can be in Star Wars and the MCU, you are worthy. Yeah, she could bring down the hammer. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then July 8th, we have Wakanda Forever. Do we know anything about what's happening here? First of all, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. There are rumors that Shuri could be the next Black Panther. Um, because that is how it played out in the comics. Okay. So stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. We will get more information on that. Yes, I think some changes happened when Chadwick passed away. I think it's a beautiful rite of passage to see Shuri come into that role. Mm -hmm. But we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I'll never be over him, just saying. Yeah. Okay, and then I'm I'm very excited about this because I just watched Captain Marvel. So now that I like know this story, yes. the Marvels, Captain Marvel 2 is coming out November 2022. I didn't realize this until I had seen WandaVision or mm-hmm. watched WandaVision. And then I watched Captain Marvel and then Monica Rambeau. I didn't know who she was when I watched WandaVision. 
And then I watched Captain okay. Marvel. I'm like, oh, this is Maria Rambo's daughter. Yes. Who's Captain Marvel's best friend. Absolutely. I'm excited for this dynamic duo. Her storyline in the comics is amazing. So I'm excited to see it brought to the screen for sure. Yes. Okay. And on that note, here is the part of the show where we spill the tea. That means we are taking a deep dive into plot lines and that means spoilers. So if you don't want things to be spoiled, then I would skip ahead to the spotlight of the week. All right. Yeah. We're jumping into WandaVision and I have a lot of, I have a lot of thoughts. So, and I think you can like help walk me through this because you're more of like a pro. Okay. Okay. So Infinity War, Vision convinces Wanda to destroy the Mind Stones. Thanos can't use it to complete the Infinity Stone. She does it, but then Thanos uses the Time Stone, turns time back to undo this, and then he kills Vision. So that makes Wanda watch Vision die twice. So her trauma is like... It's real. It is real. It is deep. It's interesting because you know that going in. So you know Mm -hmm. she's like a wreck. Correct. But at the same time... I feel like she made herself an anti-hero in WandaVision. Like, despite the reasoning for her actions, she's, you know, she hurt, was hurting like a lot of innocent people. Mm-hmm. And it's, I feel like it was a really interesting take on the grief cycle. They almost did it stage by stage, her grief cycle. Mm-hmm. I mean, shock and denial, which is the first stage that took up a majority of the show. Right. And then there's like, pain and guilt, anger and bargaining. And then like the depression when we're kind of at the like Malcolm in the middle show she's, it's like, she's depressed. Then there's like this upward turn and then, you know, reconstruction working through and kind of like this, finally she gets to acceptance and hope, but a majority of it is like that pain and shock and denial. And the rest of the stages kind of happen in a really accelerated fashion in the last two episodes. Okay, so this is where I I start needing things explained to me. Go for it. Okay. Who is Mephisto and how is Wanda unknowingly making herself pregnant because of like his soul or something? Yes. Okay, so, so Me- what to explain this to me. In the comics, Mephisto is like this devil demonic being. Okay. okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there are a lot of Mephisto Easter eggs in the show. Like that. What? I don't even know what it is, what he is. Okay. So he's supposed to be, or he's rumored to be the new bad boy or the new villain that like would essentially take over the Thanos role of the MCU. Okay. So he is a known villain in the Doctor Strange universe. And he is a okay. known villain. And on top of that, with him essentially, I guess you could say fathering Wanda's kids. Like he, she took pieces of his soul to create Tommy and Billy. Now, why would she want pieces of the devil's soul to create her children? That I can't answer, <laughs> but other than to make them that much more stronger as, as superhumans or. He's like, hmm, let me look on this sperm donor list. Right. Super evil. This one's an athlete. Okay. Let's go with super evil because that, that seems good. <laughs> Because I don't know if Vision was dead by then and that maybe that was just what an option. I mean, the want to be a parent in a mutant universe because Wanda's Wanda's origin story is she and her brother are the kids of... Magneto. Magneto. 
Yes. So her storyline stems from the X-Men universe. Yes. And I love the X-Men universe. I grew up on those comics. Exactly. I want to say Mephisto has a role in X-Men as well. Like first class. Yeah. You remember the devil looking guy that, yeah, first class, red face, looked demonic. I want to say that's him. Okay. So what were some of the Easter eggs in WandaVision of Mephisto? Yes. So Mephisto's animal or insect form is a roach. So do you remember seeing the roach climb on this wall in Agatha's like cave? Yeah. That's like a Mephisto uh, Easter egg. Also, do you understand the concept or the recurring theme of the hex? No. Okay. So Wanda created this hex around Westview. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And hex means six. Mm -hmm. So there were multiple repetitive themes of 666, which is a homage to Mephisto because of his. And it's the number of the devil. Okay. He's like supposed to be the devil. Yes. So do you think she, well, it says she unknowingly did this. So she was just manifesting this power or we're pulling from this source to make herself pregnant. But then I'm still confused I know you kind of had explained this to me, how she brought vision to life. Now I know that he was sort of a figment of, you know, alternate reality that she was creating, but then he kind of ended up becoming real. Mm -hmm. And then did he merge with the one that they put back together at the end? The guy, the one that was like an all white, like, did they become one person? Is he alive again? Like I'm confused. Okay. So vision and Wanda are both linked to the Mind Stone, okay? Okay. How is Wanda linked to it? Okay, Wanda was being experimented on by Hydra with Loki's scepter. And that's when the vision of the Scarlet Witch came to her. And you'll remember it in an episode, I think it's four, when Agatha is walking her through, like, it's four or five. Mm -hmm. All of her memories. Yeah, all of her memories. And the scientists that are experimenting on her are not seeing what she's seeing. They're showing their perspective and they're showing her perspective on the vision that she's seeing. And it's Scarlet Witch coming at her in the like silhouette. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's a legend of the Scarlet Witch. Like the stone, the Mind Stone is speaking to Wanda and it's chosen Wanda to be the next Scarlet Witch. Okay. And, and so the Mind Stone also powered Vision's body. Correct. Okay. So he was, um, oh, Tony Stark's Jarvis. Uh, Jarvis. Yes. Yeah. He was Jarvis. He was the voice of Jarvis. Mm-hmm. And then they put the Mind Stone in Jarvis, Jarvis's mind and technology into Vision. And the Mind Stone was physically in, lodged in Vision's brain. So okay. the two of them are connected. They'll always, like, Wanda will always have a piece of Vision in her. I'm not ruling out Vision coming back. At all. He better come back because he looked real good in those sweaters. Right. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I could watch this all day with vision and sweaters and being a cute dad. Oh yeah. He nailed that. Um, did you know the the actor that played her fake brother in this was the actor that played yes. Peter Maximoff mm-hmm. in X-Men? Like, why did they do that? <laughs> Uh, to royally F with our minds to think that they were going to bring um, her brother back. That was crazy. That I was know. really crazy. 
I know. I was very confused by that because he was a giant tease. That's what it was. Because we were all excited. I know a lot of the fans were excited to see like, does that mean Magneto's going to stop by? <laughs> like, I'll take yeah. Magneto or or Michael Fassbender Magneto oh, any day. Michael Fassbender. Yeah, yum, we yum, were yum. so ready for a Magneto cameo in yeah. some way. And we were like, <laughs> that is coming. All right, right? But yeah, no, I was, I was very interested by that. But Lena said something to me the other day where she's like, you know, sometimes you think in a Marvel movie, there's just like this small thing. And you're like, oh, why'd they do that? And then they always come back. They like touch on it again. Like everything is put in for a reason. Yes, absolutely. So we'll see. I don't know. Oh, I hope so. But like, so one of the bigger Easter eggs, every, do you remember the commercials in between uh, in every episode? Yeah. Okay. So each one represented something. Question. Oh. Do you know who was sending Wanda those commercials? Wasn't it like the team on the other side? No, no, no. It was Dr. Strange. What? He actually, yes. He got cut from his storyline, got cut from WandaVision because they didn't want a male lead to save the day. It's Wanda's story. Let her have her story, her origin story. They're like, we're already going to put her in the multi, you know, in the next Dr. Strange movie. Let's have this like mysterious Easter egg of commercials. So it's Dr. Strange sending messages subliminal messaging to wanda to ask if she's okay wow yes so i'm gonna have to watch this again now right so that being said so one of the commercials was called nexus it's subtly referencing wanda's importance in the mcu because a nexus is someone that protects a reality that they've created she's an anchor oh my gosh it's an anchor that protects a reality. Yes. And that's what she was doing. That's exactly what she was doing. Do you know Agatha Harkness? Yes. So played by Catherine Hahn, who nailed it. Oh my gosh. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So do you remember seeing her carry a bunny around? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So that is, is an homage to her son in the comics. And his name is Nicholas Scratch. And he's a villain for the Young Avengers. So the yeah. rabbit's name was Senior Scratchy and all the oh fans. Oh my gosh. Yes. Exactly. Right. So good. This is crazy. So they're subtly dropping like Easter eggs from the comics, still doing a phenomenal job writing their own story. Uh, well, I wonder if there's going to be a Young Avengers, if they're going to come out with that. Oh, well, I'm sure there will later on. That's like phase 10. Or I, wonder phase like, I wonder who Scratchy's uh, dad's going to be. Do we know this in the comics? Yes. I have to do more research though. Okay. But Agatha's definitely his mom. So we can answer that question on like our next Marvel. Yes. Episode. Okay. So Tiana Paris, who plays Monica Rambeau Mm -hmm. in WandaVision, Mm -hmm. her character in the comics is Photon. So you saw her walk through the hex Mm -hmm. and gain that like electricity in her body. So you're going to see her come into her powers fully. With this. Oh, yeah. No. And actively working with Captain Marvel, who will show her her potential. It's like, I mean, talk about mentor. Yeah, exactly. Phenomenal female dream team cast. Yeah. Because it's interesting because they both absorbed. Well, I mean, Captain Marvel, she absorbed like the power from the engine that was powered by the Tesseract's energy. Mm -hmm. And 
then Monica kind of her body did the same thing. She absorbed this energy, this electric, you know, electric energy created yeah. by the hex. So I wonder if she'll be somewhat connected to the mind stone as well. If that energy is coming from Wanda. That's a good argument. And I mean, there is like a, a mutual understanding too, but at the end of WandaVision with both Monica and Wanda. So that's something to look forward to also, but I think that's more or less later on down the road. But do you remember when the scrolls brought Monica into that movie theater at the end? Oh. So what they're referencing is we, the man upstairs needs to talk to you. And she was like, God, and it, they're referencing Nick Fury. He's still up in space. Oh man. He wants to touch base with her along with, I think that is what's going when they're going to introduce Captain Marvel to her. And say, hey, it's been forever. <laughs> Let's go wow. fight some bad guys. Okay. This is exciting. Right? I loved. I mean, I kind of loved and didn't love the fact that Nick Fury's eye patch is from a flurkin, like the cat, <laughs> like that crazy cat. I'm like, and he just is kind of lets people think that it was like something like super intense, but it was just <laughs> from kitty kitty kitty. Yeah. But lost an eyeball, no big deal. Next up is Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm a big fan. I'm so excited. Okay, well, I have to admit, and I kind of said this earlier, but I didn't really understand who Bucky was because I forgot and had to rewatch Captain America. And then I had to watch Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And then Bucky's storyline really hit me. Right? Yeah, I was like, Oh, okay. This is why he's in therapy. <laughs> he really needs it. He has some feelings. He's like a hundred and something. He's done a lot of murder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I also love that in Captain America and the Winter Soldier, we get to meet Sam Wilson. Yes. And you kind of get to see how Sam slash Falcon, he has the same inherent goodness that Steve Rogers does. Absolutely. And from the beginning, he's they he's poised as the obvious choice for Captain America's predecessor. Mm-hmm. However, you know, in that movie, you never think that Captain America's going anywhere. But they set it up then like he's immediately, you know, on Captain America's side. He's just trying to do good. He's trying to do his best. They really set it up there. They way did back then. They did. It was this like great, solid, wholesome bond between Mm -hmm. veterans that like just, it hits home. I just love seeing how, how veterans can relate to it in general. So both my grandparents served in the air force. So it was, it was just very much like, oh, this is so great. And then you just see them join forces. But that being said, seeing the torch passed to Sam at the very end, like when, and on top of at the very end when he does accept the role of Captain America. It is this like beautiful speech that Sam Wilson, Anthony Mackie gives. I don't think it could have been done any better. Yeah, I I love that the show really made space and like significant space, not just like running over it quickly to highlight the Black experience. Because if we're being brutally honest, that was, uh, that was absent from the first Captain America. It, that was yes. predominantly the whole first phase. Yeah. Yeah. White, yeah. white everywhere. 
and not one significant character was black. Correct. And I think imagine being in Anthony Mackey's spot being the the only person of color. Yeah. In in the franchise. Yeah, and, and it's like don't just make them a token character. No. Make him significant and powerful and good and mm-hmm. you know, and I love what is said at the end of Endgame. Like I love that um Sam finally gave himself permission to become Captain America because really that's the only permission he needed. And he did it in his own way, in his own time. And and this is why Steve chose him because Sam didn't take this decision lightly. He knew the significance and what it meant to carry the shield. And he came full circle on the hero's journey and he accepted his destiny and he didn't need to fill Steve's shoes. That's not really what Steve wanted. He wanted Sam to be Sam and carry the shield. Mm -hmm. And, and I love what they said at the end. Sam says, the only thing bumming me out is that I have to live in a world without Captain America. And Steve is like, Oh, that's remind reminds me. He gets out the shield and he's like, try it on. He's like, how does it feel? And Sam says, like it's someone else's. And then Steve simply replies, it isn't. And Sam's like, I'll do my best. And Steve says, that's why it's yours. Boom. Yeah. Like so impactful. He's like, don't try to be me, be you. This is why I'm giving it to you. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, he probably looked up to Steve so much that it's kind of hard to separate Captain America from the shield, but you know, who better to take it over than someone from the beginning who's like inherently good and will do his best Absolutely. And runs into danger when he shouldn't, just like Captain America did in the beginning. Like, you know, and they say that in the first Captain America movie, he's always running into the, you know, running right into the problem. (laughs) And he made it his own. Mm -hmm. He has the shield. He still has his wings and he's, and he's doing his thing. And I just thought that that was just really beautifully displayed in this series. Like they didn't just give it one movie. No. I think it takes time to show that kind of internal struggle of accepting not only like that one of your best friends and mentors and person you looked up to is gone, but like, oh, I have these shoes to fill. Oh no, I just need to be me. Correct. And then like accepting your destiny. I just thought it was really beautifully done. And, you know, the, the picking up the pieces after you, you know, these two friends, they lose someone that's mutually very important to them. And then they have stuff to work through like that, the therapy scene where they're like working through their stuff. Lena told me a lot of that was improv. I'd go to therapy with you too, if you needed me to. I know, for sure. And I kind of love, I kind of love that they made that. They normalized it. Yeah. In counseling to work on their, to work on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Their, their relationship. It's, you know, group therapy doesn't always just have to be like, you know, for a romantic relationship. Not at all. And they, they did not, they didn't like it one bit. (laughs) They, they still, they still did it. Whoa. I realized when I was today years old that Mm -hmm. Wyatt Russell, who played the, you know, the new Captain America or whoever, that's Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. Yes. And he did an amazing job making me hate his guts in that. He absolutely did. He and Kurt Russell also played a villain in in the second Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's right. So now we have two Russells. Yeah. In the MCU that have nailed the villain role 
pretty well. And I won't, you know what? I won't call Russell or I won't call Wyatt Russell a villain, but definitely you love to hate him. Oh, you're in Falcon and Winter Soldier. You want you, you just, you really just want Bucky to smash his, his face in. Right. And like be done with it. Like that's how much you do not like this character. And yep. then he becomes a super soldier. And I'm like, oh, geez. And then, okay. So Julia Louis-Dreyfus, her character, I read online. They're like, okay, she's like a darker, snarkier version of oh, Nick Fury. I'm like, I don't think you could be a snarkier version of Nick Fury. But Ooh. she, I mean, I don't know if I want to compare her to him, but maybe she's kind of like that another kind of agent that, you know, collects these superheroes. Do you know something that I don't? I know so much right now. Okay. Tell me, because I'm very curious about this. Uh, Well, word around the MCU is that Nick Fury and Val, Valentino, had a little fling. Oh, well then who's their baby? Because they for sure probably had one. That I don't know of, but she was a double agent for uh, the KGB. So we might see a cameo of her in Black Widow. Oh, okay. All right. But All right. the Val Nick Fury love situation or romantic situation, I would like, I think he got worked over. Like he had no idea that she was a double agent. They were field agents in S.H.I.E.L.D. together and she crossed over oh, to the KGB. man. Her, her alias name in the comics is Madam Hydra. <gasps> okay. Yeah, get excited. I'm excited. I'm like, when are these movies coming out? They need to come out right now because I need to see this. So other things to look forward to from the Falcon and Winter Soldier saga is the new Cap, Sam Wilson, Mm -hmm. has a new sidekick. Who? Isaiah Bradley's grandson. (gasps) Eli Bradley. Yeah, he's going to be, his name is Patriot. Okay, when you become a super soldier, does like get passed kind of down in your DNA? Because once his DNA's changed and then he has kids and it's his biological grandson. Yeah, yeah. What the heck? Yeah, so I'm like- The Patriot. Okay, I love this. Right? I mean, and I did kind of sense that camaraderie between Sam and Eli. Right. At that end. Oh, and that scene where like Mm -hmm. Isaiah just like hugs Sam. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's it seems like your beautiful. story isn't going to be forgotten. And then, oh gosh, you know, just that's the generational. Magic. Yeah. He's going to do right being Captain America. And it's going to start with mentoring Isaiah Bradley's grandson in that, in that role. So like imagine Batman and Robin, this is a Batman yeah. and Robin scenario. He's mentoring, you know, Patriot. I love this. Yes. Other thing to look forward to Joaquin Torres. Oh yeah. Um, the pal. Yeah, the pal. He's rumored to be the new Falcon. Oh, okay. He's he's a techie nerd. Wants to know all the things about... Like, we should have picked up on it when he was initially fixing uh, Red Wings um, yes. tech. Yeah. I should have picked up on it right then and there. But uh, there was a passing of the torch from Sam to Joaquin. I love that when they introduce a character and you just yeah. think, okay, this is just some side character and you kind of like start to love them. You're like, oh, they're really endearing. Then they just make them significant. Absolutely. You know, it's like no detail is introduced for no reason. Exactly. That you know. being said, in Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. 
when Bucky is choking out Natasha and she says, you could at least remember me. So you know that like he shot her, shot right through her. And that's what we all initially thought that they were referencing. No, Bucky and Natasha used to be an item. Oh, shoot. There's a Bucky Natasha relationship when she was in the KGB. Okay. And because in um, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, she's saying that the Winter Soldier is like a legend. Is she like, does she not realize that that's Bucky or does she know and she's just saying it and not giving it away? I think they were both brainwashed by the KGB not to remember each other because, but she remembers him and he remembers remembers him. I mean, but how not could you forget Sebastian Stan's face? right. <laughs> no, she remembers the legend of him. Her relationship with him was erased. Like her memory of their relationship was erased. But she says to him, "At least you could at least remember me." So she remembers him though. In some remembering other being than that. shot, like um, he sh- remember how he has a different like the bullet casing that went through her. Mm-hmm. He said, "She said, well, only one person." can carry this bullet casing and it's the winter soldier. She was referencing how, how can I, you forget your victims when the KGB specifically brainwashed him with certain like trigger words so that he would be in winter soldier uh, mindset. Got it. So they both have their relationship memories erased, but in the comics, they were for sure a thing. So when is it Zemo or Zemo? I think it's Zemo. Yeah. Zemo. Okay. So when Zemo, they're in the bar and he like says basically to Bucky to like fight is, was that like, was he still triggered by that? Or was he just like acting like he was triggered? That's a good question. I think he was testing to see if it would trigger him. And do we think that it did or did he just, I don't think he was triggered. I think the time he spent in Wakanda to reverse that training Mm -hmm. worked. Yeah. Yeah. They showed that big time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge Sebastian Stan fan now. Same I'm just, uh, just a huge fan. He's so have I gotten you pumped for for more things uh, Winter Soldier-esque related? Yeah. I and or like, and or new cap and or new Falcon. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. I'll just stare at Sebastian Stan's face all day. So next we have Loki. And we're not gonna dive too deep into Loki just yet. It's just the fundamentals of the overall storyline. So when I saw the trailer. I was so pumped and I can't tell you how relieved I was in Endgame when I saw him pick up the Tesseract because it did not dawn on me till two days later that Loki wasn't dead. Remember when oh. Loki picked up the Tesseract and it took him out of time? I mean, I barely remember. I'll probably have to rewatch that. Yeah. So this is how the Loki show was created. Loki screwed up the timeline. Oh, man. Yeah. The Loki show and the storyline had to be told, not just to set up Eternals, but to show how do we fix the timeline that Loki screwed up. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I just remember being at work and jumping out of my chair like three days after the move, after I saw the movie and I'm like, Loki's not dead. (laughs) And my coworker looked at me. She's like, what? I'm like, Loki's not dead. I was like, oh, they're going to have to do something with him. Oh, this is so great. Oh, what do you knew that way back then? Yeah. That's crazy. It took me three days after the movie, in all fairness. And all of a sudden, it's just, you just, it just comes yeah. to you and you're like, they're making, they're going to make a show. <laughs> Whether it's a show, a movie, I was just like, what does that do to Cap's timeline when he's returning the stones? Which I'll touch on later. But that being said, Loki gets taken 
to the TVA with the Tesseract to restore the timeline. Mm -hmm. The TVA is the time bearing authority. It's like this space government agency that restores timelines everywhere. Okay. To make sure that multiple butterfly effects don't happen. Does that make sense? That's a big job. It's a very big job. Jeez. They're trying to protect the sacred timeline, which is Earth's timeline. Okay. Earth is like the child that needs to be watched constantly because (laughs) timelines are just all over the place. And they have like the time variant authority has their hands full with Earth, Earth's beings just constantly effing up the rotation. That's so funny. A variant child, (laughs) right? You're like, Earth, can you just get your ish together? But this is helpless, right? But this is what's keeping the time variant authority up and running. Yeah. So the time, uh, the TVA is ran by three timekeepers. They're like sacred ancient beings that constantly are monitoring the timelines on top of everybody who works for the TVA. Yeah. Makes sense. I'm following. Okay. Hanging on by a thread, but I'm following. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> I love that. Like when I finally am watching it after I've seen all the movies in order, it'll I'm like, oh yes, it'll register. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And something to take note of is that magic does not work at the TVA. Oh, so, so Loki kind of rendered. Yeah, Loki's powers bit. are null and void. Wow, so he how has. Did they manage that. Um, it's just like this neutral plane, like. There must be something counteracting the power though. um, It's the timekeepers that just make sure like, it's like Switzerland. They want to keep it as safe and neutral as possible because their focus is earth. So the timekeepers, the three ancient beings are making sure that there is no chaos that can happen at the TVA. Hmm. That's magic related. So Loki is again, rendered powerless and has to use his head to work his way through the TVA. And you'll see. I love this. Oh, I know. It's so good. It's going to be good. Yeah. So folks, we will give you an update on the rest of the show for our Black Widow update. Yes. And we will go over Loki. Yes. Then. When Black Widow died in Endgame. Yes. How did that hit you? Um, I kind of just, I think, denial- mode that it was like happening you know she just you know she didn't fear death i think she feared hawkeye's death more than hers so you were under the mindset that it was just herself you know sacrificing herself yeah okay and that it was just like a selfless decision for her well definitely wasn't easy but she would have rather died than have him die because he has a family yes i don't know yes So do you remember the quote, whatever it takes? Mm -hmm. Okay. That was a key quote in that movie. And I think it holds a deeper meaning in her origin story. So remember when Cap went back in time to put all the stones back? Yes. I watched the end scene before, like so many times. I was studying body language at this point, right? Yeah. So when she was consciously on uh, Vormir thinking about everything. Mm -hmm. I think she was thinking about everything that led up to that moment for her to make that decision. Okay. Okay. Um, Everything. And I think when Cap left to go return the stones, he consciously knew he was going to stay back in time, not just to stay with Peggy, but I think he knew he was going to go touch base with Black Widow 
and leave her clues about this decision that she would be making and that it was the right one to fulfill uh, Dr. Strange's theory that the 14,000 to one, this she knew she made the right decision. And he was going back in time to confirm that she made the right decision as he was returning the stones. So whether that was wow. sticky notes of the quote, whatever it takes, because he says it before they leave to, to do the time heist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she reiterates that sentiment with Hawkeye. They both quote it together, whatever it takes. Yeah. As they're saying goodbye to each other. But I think that quote happened when they first met, when Hawkeye and Black Widow first met on their first mission together, which started their bond. Mm-hmm. And I think that quote was, sub- whether it was subliminally messaged to her in training, um, mm. I think Steve was m- like leaving those quotes or leaving that message to her. Like, you made the right decision. You did this for the greater good, whatever it takes Wow, to seal the th- deal. Do you think we'll ever get to see a movie of what happened with Captain America? See, I they have so much room to do that. Yeah. Whether it's a series, but I don't want to take away from Anthony Mackie's cap, but they could totally make it work. Whether it's a series or a movie, they can make it work. But yeah, here's the other yeah. thing. So when Cap does return to his timeline as older Cap, Anthony Mackie, Sam Wilson, asked, he notices the ring on his finger mm-hmm. and says, Do you want to tell me about it? Like, he was like, it was a wild trip. Do you want to tell me about it? And he, Cap's response was, no, I don't think I will. Because I think the TVA met up with Cap. And he, Cap knew not to mess with the sacred timeline. Yeah. Knowing that the Eternals would have a key role after he was gone. Yeah. So he, like Cap being as tight-lipped as he was like no i don't think i will tell you he, i think that's cap's subtle message of the tva existing going back in time to talk to natasha because that wound is still very fresh if cap were to let the rest of the avengers know that he saw nat to like a warn her but b i saw nat for a final time before you got like i got to say goodbye to her basically wow. that wound is still fresh yeah I think Cap for sure took advantage of the time heist for all the right reasons. Yeah. And he got to live a full life with Peggy. And he got the dance. He had a date. Right? Oh, got um, that dance. Not just that dance. I think he lived happily. I mean, he lived happily ever after. Oh, of course. Yeah. But I mean, I think yeah. you know, the end of Captain America where she they're talking about, she's like, well, you better be there at 8 p.m. sharp. And he's I like am. going to his death. And, you know, they never got their day and just them ending it that way was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, for my own, you know, selfish, you know, reasons, I would love to see like a mini series of like them getting to like live their life together, but you know, they're not really into the whole romantic novel esque sort of timelines or storylines, but the other just tell us what happened during that time would be great. So the other weird thing that happened that I think Cap also had to stay tight-lipped about. Did you catch that Sharon Carter is Cap's great niece? Yes. Yeah. So he made out with his niece in Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's a little bit. Yeah, that was, that was, 
that was a weird error <laughs> in the MCU. We're like, what is going on here? And Cap's like, I don't know. I'm going to, no, I'm not going to tell you what happened. <laughs> you know? But I don't know if this is a timeline error. Like the TVA just didn't fix it for whatever reason. But I mean, I, she could be like, not, he could be like, not blood related to her. Okay. Cause you can have nieces. And if you marry into something, if you marry into a family, you, you, you might not have blood relation. Oh yeah. And if that timeline hadn't happened yet, which it hadn't, then perhaps, perhaps her parentage was different, but I mean, you can have not that so, it makes it any less. If she's taking the last name of Carter. That must mean Peggy has a brother. Mm-hmm. And was married. So it's like, so married. Steve married in. Steve married. So they aren't blood related. Okay. Still weird, but like still very cringe worthy, yeah. but yes. <laughs> yes. I'm wondering though, would Sharon Carter have become a double agent at the end of Falcon and winter soldier? Like, I'm wondering if there's like a timeline, like did cap restore the timeline correctly when he was putting all the stones back to their original place? would Sharon Carter have still been a bad guy at the end of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier? I think she's in a really dark place. Yeah. I think she's, so. I don't know. She could be kind of an anti-hero where mm-hmm. it's like, she's not necessarily evil, but she's kind of playing both sides. She's and, being a Contessa, a Val. Yeah. But I mean, you, we see a lot of redemption stories here. I mean, you know, with the winter soldier and you know kind of with loki perhaps she's kind of going through that transformation or questioning things and deciding what side she's on or whatever right but yeah so that's my my conspiracy theory does it make sense or are you gonna oh, go back yeah. and watch for body language because yes i just watched I, that end scene today because i was like <sighs> i wanted to remember the magnitude of the moment where he's giving the shield to Sam. I was like, I need to relive this and and feel this again and watch his body language with Bucky because I think Bucky knows his game plan when he goes back in time. Well, yeah, Bucky, even just to Sam, he's like, go ahead. He didn't walk down to the the bench with Sam. He just kind of stood back and perhaps he knew, or maybe because what he knows of you know, Steve just as like a really long time friend, maybe he just kind of knew where he was going with that. See, even um, before he left, like Bucky says to him, Cap says to Bucky, don't do anything stupid. And Bucky says, you're taking all the stupid with you. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Bucky, I think there was a conversation ahead of time that says, I'm going to go see now. I'm going to spend my life with Peggy. I'm going to do this. Wait, they say that in the last moment. That is said yeah, in the first that's what I'm movie saying. where exactly. he says to Bucky, he's like, you're taking all the stupid with you. Oh my gosh. Oh, See how it gosh. ties together now? So I like love Bucky, it. Like, I think that conversation happened between the two of them because Cap told him what he's going to do when he goes back in time. Yeah. I think he told Bucky, I'm going to go see Nat. I'm going to go see Peggy. I'm going to go take care of the stones no problem but i'm gonna let nat know she made the right decision when she sacrificed herself on vormir i wonder if he really knew the extent of it though like bucky i don't know if bucky quite knew the extent of it because so bucky knowing that bucky and nat had a relationship too so i think cap is gonna see that take place 
Hmm. I, I think I, Cap I mean, has a might, lot more insight. might see it in yeah. Black Widow. Exactly. Because Bucky's like a hundred plus years old now at this point. Yeah. Right. Bucky's in his, yeah. Bucky's like in his 60s or 70s by the time he meets Natasha. Still yeah. killing the game in the looks department, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Cap Cap's going to get a lot more intel when he goes back in time to return those stones. But I think he he had a game plan before he took off. And then he finds out about the TVA. He finds out um, about Bucky and Nat's you know, romantic history. Tries to subtly clue her in because when she was on Vormir, that decision was made way too quickly in my mind. I was like, whoa, 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 talk, let's talk this out. Let's, I, yeah. I mean, I get not wanting to waste time to get the stone. I get the whole part of being selfless, knowing that he, that Clint had a family to go back to, but Black Widow had no signs of depression and women don't jump off cliffs for funsies. Okay. Yeah. She was intent on dying. She was yeah. going to take that bullet. You know? And I think it's because she was thinking of every moment that was subtly given to her that led her to where she was on Vormir that sealed the deal that told her whether it was cap subtly subliminally telling her this. Yeah. Whatever it takes, whatever it, you know, I, I feel that that quote is just very significant in her origin story, but, and we're going to find out come out July 9th. We're going to find out. Yeah. And now it is time for the fangirl spotlight of the week. Next week, we are so excited because we are interviewing the creator and mastermind behind the life-size replica of the Pizza Planet truck, Marco Bongiorno. Marco has taken the Pizza Planet truck all over the country and done a, a handful of amazing events with the Pizza Planet truck, including starring in the most recent Pixar documentary, Pixar in Real Life. Yes, which is so cool. And we're talking all things Pixar next Wednesday. And be sure to tune in because if you guys are big fans, like we're big fans, Marco is like a fan of all fans to have a concept of, hmm, I think I'm going to make a Pizza Planet truck and then actually do it. Like, that's amazing. So if you guys want to get to know Marco a little bit next week, I would highly suggest tuning into our Pixar episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all our latest episodes. We want to answer your burning questions. So give us a follow on Instagram at the fangirls podcast and Twitter at the underscore fan underscore girls and like our community page on Facebook to join the conversation. See you next time. See you next time. time. Drop it. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Marvel, the M. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.